Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 536 for the 26th of March, 2017. This week, an inexpensive vector graphic program might be just what you need, even if you use Adobe applications for other tasks. A disk drive suddenly goes offline and all efforts to revive it fail. Panic time? Not exactly. In short circuits, a plug-in for Chrome makes the new tab more useful maybe to the point that some people will actually use it. A misbehaving mouse problem was resolved, I think, with an easy registry patch. And in spare parts, only on the website, this week, free tax preparation that really is free if you meet certain conditions. Predictions that we'll see a lot more artificial intelligence used by stores, and retailers will also increasingly make use of the Internet of Things. Can our relatively new $50 vector editor beat the well-established Adobe Illustrator? Probably not, but it might be just right for some users. Affinity is a new brand name from Serif, but Serif has been in business since 1987. Serif Page Plus was the company's first application, a low-cost desktop typesetting program. Development is underway for an Affinity publisher, which will take the place of the older application, and in addition to Affinity Designer, the company offers Affinity Photo, which was reviewed in an earlier program here on TechBiter Worldwide. Oh, that $50 fee, by the way, it's a one-time charge, not a monthly rental. Some people despise the software as a service model as used by companies such as Adobe and Microsoft, at least for Office. Microsoft takes a different approach for the operating system in that the user pays once and receives updates for the life of the device. The approach used for Microsoft Office and Adobe Creative Cloud involves a monthly rental fee. In general, the fee is less than the cost of buying an update every 18 months or so, but in the past, some users skipped one or more versions and upgraded only when an irresistible new feature was added. The subscription model means that all users will be on the same version, and everybody receives features and security updates as soon as they're released. Clearly, there are advantages to both business models, advantages for both the user and the company. But consider this. Perhaps you primarily use Adobe's photo applications. Those would be Photoshop, Bridge, Camera Raw, and Lightroom. So you're enrolled in the $10 per month photography program. Great bargain. But occasionally you need to work on some vector images. Adding Illustrator to the package would double the monthly fee. Creative Cloud is clearly a cost-effective plan for anybody who uses at least three of the various applications regularly. The full program includes 20 applications, from photography, design, and websites, to audio, video, and publishing. But some people would prefer to pay just once and be done with it. Affinity Designer might be just what somebody like that is looking for. 
Another use case could be for someone who has never found Adobe Illustrator to be a very usable program. I know that these people exist because I hear from them. As with Affinity Photo, the designer product has a Persona toolbar. There are several other toolbars, but most of those will be familiar to users of other programs. The Persona toolbar has three options, Draw, Pixel, and Export. These allow you to switch from one overall set of tools to another with a single click. The Draw Persona is where you'll start and where you'll probably spend most of your time. That's the persona that displays the tools needed to create or edit vector objects. The Pixel Persona opens up additional editing tools that work at the individual pixel level, brushes and retouching tools, for example. The Export Persona will be the final step when you're ready to export the image for use in other applications. The Persona Selector is part of the default toolbar, while the Context Toolbar contains options that are relevant to the currently selected object and tool from the main toolbar. A Useful Hints Toolbar provides guidance on what you can do, and the Expanded Toolbar out on the right side of the program displays the settings. Check out the TechBinder Worldwide website for a quick look at that and a review of where everything is. Affinity Designer can import and export projects from Photoshop. Illustrator files can also be placed in new design documents or opened for editing. Scalable vector images, SVGs, are also supported. Overall, it looks like it'd be difficult to find a more comprehensive vector editor for just 50 bucks. Some sites are just plain unwelcome. For example, when a disk drive fails. Three years. That's how long one of the four terabyte HGST disk drives in my system lasted. Now whether the drive had a three-year or a five-year warranty wasn't as important. In fact, I really didn't even check. It wasn't as important as whether I could recover the files that were on it. The first indication that there was a problem was the Windows sound that tells you a USB device has gone offline. A little research revealed that the device that had gone offline was a disk drive, one of four in an external USB 3 cabinet. All of the drives were present when I rebooted the system, but I fired up Crystal Disk and it told me there was a problem. It wasn't that the drive was approaching failure, but that it had failed. Smart is intended to give the user some hint that a drive is starting to fail, but not this time hoping that the drive would possibly run just long enough to copy all the files over to another drive, I plugged in another USB drive and started to copy the files. The process failed after just a few minutes, so I shut down the computer and removed the failed hard disk. I then ordered a new disk drive, but not one from HGST. HGST, by the way, once was the Hitachi Global Storage Technologies Company, now owned by Western Digital. In 2015, Western Digital announced a decision from China's Ministry of Commerce that enabled the company to integrate most of the HDST and WD subsidiaries under Western Digital. But both HDST and WD product brands will be maintained in the market until October of this year, for what that's worth. Well, anyway, the failed disk holds drives F and H. 
F is primarily devoted to music files. There are some brief videos I've created there. And, importantly, the Lightroom catalog files. Also, the local copy of the Google Drive files are there. All of these are backed up to CrashPlan and to a separate hard drive that is refreshed once a week. But Google Drive was unhappy about being unable to find its local files. So I recreated a directory on Drive I. Drive H is mainly a scratch disk, but it also holds some client videos and temporary files for audition. I didn't need any of the missing directories immediately, although the missing Lightroom catalog meant that I couldn't use Lightroom until I'd replaced the drive. Had I needed to use Lightroom before the replacement disk arrived, I could have pointed it at a local backup copy of the catalog, or restored the backup copy of the catalog to a different drive, and reestablished the link just as I'd done with Google Drive. I didn't need it that much. The replacement drive, Western Digital Black 2 terabyte 7200 RPM SATA rated at 6 gigabytes per second with 64 megabytes of cache, arrived on Wednesday, and recovery was just as easy as recovery should be. After shutting down the computer and the disk enclosure, I pushed the new drive into the empty slot, closed the door, and booted the computer. Some drives are hot swappable, meaning they can be removed from and added to a disk cabinet while the system is powered. That should be the case with a disk cabinet designed for a redundant array of independent disks setup, RAID, but I didn't want to take a chance on hot swapping because the cabinet is both inexpensive and non-RAID. When the computer started, it notified me that a new uninitialized drive was present, told me that I needed to initialize it. That process takes just a few seconds, then the drive could be partitioned, and the partitions could be formatted as drives F and H. That process consumed less than five minutes. I had a local copy of drive F, so restoring the files took about two hours, because, as I mentioned, drive F contains Lightroom's catalog files. I tested by opening the program. No drama there. Then it was time to restore drive H. Well, I have no local copy of that. The download from CrashPlan ran all evening, overnight, and most of the next day. I've decided to create a local backup of H that'll be updated once a week. In most cases, that backup will take only long enough for GoodSync to confirm that nothing has changed, because most weeks nothing changes. So, once again, backup saves the data and eliminates heartburn. <laughs> In short circuits, click Ctrl-N to open a new browser, or Ctrl-T to open a new tab in your browser, and you'll see a screen that's probably little more than useless. There is an option for Chrome now that might interest you, though. Infinity New Tab is an add-on for Chrome. It might be enough to convince you that the New Tab function is worthwhile after all, because it does add some useful functions. The default search engine, of course, is Google for Infinity New Tab, Initially, it provided me with two screens worth of information. There's a little pinwheel at the bottom. If you click that, it'll change the background image. There's a plus icon near the top of the screen that makes it possible to add extra icons. Check out the image on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Adding the Infinity New Tab component is easy enough. 
Click on the menu options at the top right of the browser, choose settings, click extensions in the menu on the left, then scroll all the way down to get more extensions and click it. Search for Infinity, choose Infinity New Tab, and then click Add to Chrome. Easy. Then, whenever you click the New Page icon or use Ctrl-T or Ctrl-N, you'll have the Infinity New Tab display. Most users, when faced with a new tab, just type a new URL or choose something from their bookmarks, but now you have some useful options. Or maybe you won't. The initial layout might not be exactly what you want, but it's easy to add or remove icons. You can just discard the ones you don't want. My second page had Beidou, a Chinese website. Well, not being able to speak Chinese, I wanted to eliminate that one. When you right-click any icon on the screen, all of the icons display an X marker. Click that, and the icon under it goes away. You'll probably make several changes, so you might want to back up what you've done. If you have more than one computer, backing up one computer's settings and restoring to another computer is really pretty helpful. To do this, you need to sign up for a free account. In the Infinity New Tab page, click the Settings icon if it's present. If not, click the plus icon near the top and then click Settings, General, Sign In or Register. Click Register, enter an email address, password, and the CAPTCHA code to register. Then you'll be able to restore your settings to another computer, even if one computer runs Windows and the other's a Mac. Once you've eliminated the icons you won't use, you can add ones that you will. You have several options to do that. If you're already on a page you want to add, just click the Infinity icon. Or you can click the plus icon and select from one of the recommended items. You'll find quite a few are there. Or add a custom item. To add your own, choose Add Item, Custom, and then paste or type a URL into the field. Choose the color you want for the badge. Click Add. Maybe you don't always want to use Google as your search engine either. Well, you can set up Infinity New Tab to search Wikipedia, or TechBiter Worldwide, or just about any other facility that allows searching. To do this, you just have to find the Search Engines or Search Functions URL and add it. Want to give it a try? Easy. Just make sure you're running Chrome, choose Settings and Extensions in the Chrome menu. I mentioned that I bought a Microsoft Sculpt keyboard and mouse. The mouse behaved badly from the start, but it wasn't Microsoft's fault. Let's start with the symptoms, then I'll explain what was going on and how I think I fixed it. The scroll wheel made the mouse seem like it was being chased by a cat, a very large and hungry cat. A single click of rotation would cause the screen to scroll a full page in just about any program. The Sculpt devices have their own control panel, and four settings exist for the scroll wheel. Vertical scrolling, that can be on or off. A speed selector, if you've turned scrolling on. Acceleration, and a rate selector, if you've turned acceleration on. I tried several settings, and found the response wasn't quite so frantic if acceleration was off, but it was still too jerky even with the scrolling speed at the lowest setting. So then I looked at the control panel. What I found there is that some of the settings had been taken over by the specialized sculpt applications, as expected. But the wheel setting had a selector. The default was 3, 
When I set it to one, the mouse acted pretty much normally. Problem solved, I thought. But every time I restarted the computer, the mouse was once again being chased by a very hungry cat. This mouse is attached to a notebook computer that has a Synaptics touchpad, and some research led me to a suggestion to change a setting for that device. It's a registry edit inside the local machine software Synaptics key. Find the value delete user settings on upgrade, the discussion on 10 forums said, and change that value to zero. I did that, and the settings stuck following the next reboot. Problem solved, I thought once again, but later in the week the jerky response resumed and the control panel's mouse wheel setting had been moved back to three. I checked the registry, no changes had been made there, went back to the control panel's mouse component and set the scroll back to one, saved that, and it now has survived several more boots. Eh, well, maybe we just file that under Windows Happens. You can file this under spare parts, but only on the website. This week, free tax preparation that really is free if you meet certain conditions. Predictions that we'll see a lot more artificial intelligence used by stores. And retailers are also increasingly going to make use of the Internet of Things. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website www.techbiter.com and if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.